welcome to track number six of Going Deeper and Doing More. Amen. Amen. So I want to just share a bit about commitment, and I'm going to let Pastor Richard help me on that. So we welcome Pastor Richard. <laughs> Pastor Richard, come and just share with us for a few minutes about um, um, commitment. Going deeper and doing more. I believe that Bishop has just shared with us some few reasons why we must go deeper. And um, what I just want to say to us is that, you see, any time we come to such meetings, any time we hear such messages, there are two things that could happen to you. Either you could respond to the message you've heard, or you will not respond to the message. Maybe three things. The third one is that maybe you respond to the message later. Hallelujah. So I just want to um, say to us that it's very important, it's very vital that these things that we are hearing, we decide and decide immediately to respond to them. That it's very important to build and to build very high. Hallelujah. And to go very deep so that we can go very high. Amen. I am looking for a scripture in Matthew chapter 21. Just bear with me. I'm sure I'll locate it. You can see that um, I try to, you know, exempt myself from saying something, but I couldn't prevail. <laughs> but such is life. <laughs> <laughs> Great, I found it. Matthew chapter 21. And um, I'm reading verse 28 and verse 29, I believe. Are we there? Yeah. Are you on my side? Yeah. Are you uh, deserting me? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, the Bible says that whatsoever man soweth, he shall reap. <laughs> so don't worry, your time will come. <laughs> In fact, I'll leave it to God at the time. So, Matthew 21, <laughs> verse 28, it says that, But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. That is immediate refusal. He said, I will not go. But afterward, he repented and went. And he came to the second and said likewise, and he answered, I go, sir. That is immediate response, and he went not. Hallelujah. Verse 31 says that whether of the twain, that's which of the two, did the will of his father. Now, let's finish reading. They said unto him, the first, 
Jesus says unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the hallowed go into the kingdom of God before you. Now, I want you to see something here that this brief passage that we've just read is trying to point something out to us that at the end of the day, what matters is whether we have obeyed and done the will of God or not. That is what matters. That at the end of the day, at the end of everything, whether you've done it or you didn't do it, is what matters. I'm saying to, that, to us also that these things that we are hearing, I'm sure that we'll be hearing more things which are very important for us living in this part of the world, for us living in the States, for those of us who are Christians deciding to go forward with the Lord. I mean, very important messages are coming our way. Three things can happen to you. Either you would obey, you would decide not to obey, or you would decide to obey later. Hallelujah. But I believe that the most important thing that we ought to do is to respond and respond immediately. Yes. Hallelujah. You know, this passage we read, now when I say respond immediately, I mean respond yes and do what you said you would do. Because this boy that we just read about said he would do it and he never did it. The other one delayed and he was able to do it. At the end of the day, he was able to do it. But I want to share with you seven complications of not responding immediately. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> because when you don't respond immediately, things can become complex. Things can change. And you could easily find yourself becoming like this boy who said that I would do it and never did. And it's very unfortunate. You know, I, I wish to say this before I even go into this, that I believe that every one of us, every one of us, if you're a Christian here, Every one of us must get to the point in your lifetime where nothing matters in your life apart from what you are doing for God and what you can do for God. If you are not there yet, then means that there is room for you to move on. A time must come in your life. Because no Bible says some Bible says in Matthew six thirty three, it says that seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Bible says also in Mark chapter thirteen, verse ten, it says that the gospel must first be published. To all nations. And the Bible says again in First Corinthians chapter 15, I believe verse 2 and 3, Paul said, Paul who he came, he wrote First and Second Corinthians. And when I came unto you, first of all, in the book of Corinthians, he talked about so many things. He talked about speaking in tongues, talked about gifts of the Spirit, talked about marriage, talked about resurrection of the dead. He talked about so many things. But he was saying to the church that when I arrived in your midst, the most important thing that I shared with you is that you must give yourselves to God. And I believe that as Christians, if that thing is not number one in our hearts and on our minds, then I don't know what we are doing. And I don't know where we are going. Hallelujah. And I believe that, you know, if we have that thing on our hearts, some of these complications will not come up and will not appear in our lives. Let's go to John chapter 9 as we look at the first complication of not responding immediately are you here or you're traveling <laughs> john chapter 9 <laughs> oh i will not take a decision don't worry <laughs> we'll get there john chapter 9 
Seven complications of not responding immediately. Seven complications of hearing. We've sent sheets round. You know when we send the sheets round of those who want to join the um, the the I stream ABMTCI. I was I was just looking at them. I was I was interested in the response. So I just turned around to look at the names, and I saw that a lot of names had come back. I said to myself, Oh Lord and my God, may these people be there in months to come. May they be in it in years to come. In the years to come, may they be the pastors. May they be the ones who will want to go to other places. May we move out of our comfort zone. May we move out of the things that we are used to. You know, sometimes you get to, into a country and the country, the culture and the traditions of that place rather envelops us up. And we say that over here we don't do things this way. Over here we don't do that. But may we be the ones who will break out of that so-called American tradition. That we can't move far. We can't go for meetings. We can't do that. We must be the ones to decide. Because you see, that is what they are doing. And that is what is bringing death into the country. So we rather, we must do the opposite. To come out. Hallelujah. We must do the opposite. In fact, you know, when, when, you see, for those of us who have the privilege of living in this part of the world, I believe that one of the things we must try and do is to be wise. You know, these things of gathering our children, putting our children to bed at 7.30. I was telling the church in London that, listen, I would like to take my children to church in the evening. I rather prefer my children to be in church than for my children to go to bed at 7.30 and wake up early and go to school. Then what? And then they grow up and they become monsters. Rather, rather do what they don't do because that's what they are doing. Their children are becoming drug addicts. They are becoming wayward children. They are becoming tigers and monsters. I'd rather carry my children to church. They were, my, 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 my little girl was on half term recently for a whole week. When she went back to school, I asked her, what did your teacher ask you? She said, the teacher asked me, how did I spend my half term? So I said, what did you say to your teacher? So I said to her that I went to church. I was very happy that my daughter said she went to church. I was so happy. Because other children were saying that they went to Windsor Castle. They went to this. I said, no. You went to, you went to church. That's where she went. And I'm happy that she's growing up to know you see, so that, you see, these things that we are sharing, it's not like a dream, it's not like something that we just want to say and we think that it's about, they are practical, real things that can be applied and that will make us move forward and do what God wants us to do. Can I have an amen? amen. John chapter 9. <laughs> I'm reading from verse 1. And Jesus passed by. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Verse 4 is the verse we are looking for. It says, that I must work the works of him that sent me, while it is day. The night cometh, when no man can work. The first complication that could occur if you don't respond immediately is that the night could come when nobody can work. When you cannot work again. 
A time can come with it. You, can't, you just can't do it. So the night Sunday is like death. When you are taken away, you are just carried away. So the night could be a war. Something that you do, and something that you are not planning. There's nobody who is planning for a war or something, something tragic to occur or an earthquake. Or a pilot who decides to change your life. If I, when I was coming, I stood outside the window and I looked at the aircraft parked there and I said, Lord, I plead the blood over this thing. In fact, and I was looking at the crew when they were in fact, I like checking in early, unlike Pastor Joel. So, <laughs> I was there, I, I was there about two, hour, about two hours early, so I saw the crew also walking past. It's as they were walking past, I was applying the blood to every one of them. I said, Maybe rather, I, said, I have decided to change your mind. <laughs> In case you want to do anything evil. Hallelujah. You see, the night can come. When the night comes, it cannot work. It's over. I mean, when the night comes, it's over. It's over. There's nothing you can do. So, you see, Jesus said, Let us work while it is day. Let us work whilst we are young. Let us work while we have the strength and the energy and the understanding. Let us work. Let us do the work now. And you know, you may not live in America forever. Sometimes not because something evil could happen to you. But maybe if it's something good. Maybe something good like marriage. Marriage can just send you away. Or a job can just send you away to a place where you are not needed. When you are not needed, I mean, you are not needed to do a particular thing. Once you are here and you have the opportunity, do it now. Because the night can come. And and when the night is finished, it's over. It's over, it's over, and it's over. There's nothing more. Number two complication. The door can close in your face. The door can close. The door closes. Opportunities are taken away. Like now we are saying that we want to send missionaries out, want to send people, and people are responding to it. People are coming. Look at a pastor from, from London West who is going to Australia. We have people there who are ready to receive him. If I he doesn't go immediately, anything can happen. That door can be shut in our face. Because how many, in fact, how many people have the opportunity where I'm ready to receive you? Come and start the church. I mean, let, let's be realistic. Sometimes people even call and they say, I'm coming to the country where you live. And the viewers are saying, Oh, are you really are coming. Very responsible. The response is, Eh, you are coming, eh? Is that we begin to think, Where is he coming to live? Where is he going to eat? He's coming to inconvenience us. Is that he's coming to worry? He's coming to bother us. But this is what people are saying that come live in my house and start a church. Start a church means that you don't even know when the person is ready to move out. If he ever will. <laughs> so when, we have, when that door opens, we must run into it. We must move into it. And we must immediately take the opportunity. We must be like opportunists. The opportunity comes, jump into it and do it. Hallelujah. And I thank God for, I thank God for the life of our bishop that is when the opportunity comes, it's like do it now and now. I remember in 1992, 
He had just come from Geneva when the Geneva church started. And he called me into his office. Said to me that he said to start a church in London. Would I like to go to London and live there for the church work and all that? And I said, oh yeah. Then I had planned and fixed my marriage somewhere later in the year, November. I said, oh yeah, I'm interested. But I mean, November when I married then. He said, no, 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 no. That was January, just after Christmas. He said, no, 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 I mean now. By February, you should be gone. I was sitting there like, ah. But see, if we had not moved, maybe something else could have happened. I mean, that opportunity. I mean, I, 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 I followed that and today I'm blessed. I'm saying that's the reality. If I had not obeyed that thing, my life would not be what it is today. Whether, you see, whether I like it or not, whether, that is the reality. That move, that immediate obedience that it has had an effect on my life, on my personal life as an I am not what I was, I was supposed to be. I, was, I would have been a different story, somebody else. <laughs> I, think, I think a boy from GIS sounds better. <laughs> Hallelujah. The door closes. Number three. Number three is that your heart can change. Your heart can change. If you don't respond immediately, your heart can change. Is that when you have a change of heart, it's one of the most difficult things to rearrange and to refix. Someone who has had interest in something, so I'm not interested in it again. It's so difficult. It's like, it's like a, a backslider, a backsliding someone. You know, you decide, like there's this boy that we read in Matthew 21. He said, I will go. But he didn't go. So somewhere along, he didn't go immediately. Somewhere along the line, something must have happened. Someone must have offered him another job. All of a sudden, some job that he had applied for three years ago, they've written to him. With mega conditions. And then he looks at this thing, going to start a church. But he remembers the last time we had the camp, even the exam, the way pastors are treated, the way the bishop was talking that people can say that I don't fear you. One plus one is two. People can come and say various funny things. That's why you are coming half say, hey, no, 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 this thing. You see, your heart is changing from the right thing. Because you see, right is right. What is supposed to be done is supposed to be done. And when your heart, you see, that's the Bible says in the book of Christ, guard your heart with all diligence. Protect that thing. When you decide to do something, do it now. Do it now. Do it immediately. Just do it. But if you don't do it, if we move out of this place, some of us must just decide to do more than we are doing. We just have to decide to just move on. Move, just move on in the work of the ministry. Just become ministry minded, not Dora minded. Acquiring things, I want this. When will I get that? And I want to be in my comfort zone. And especially, I say that language over here. Delete that phrase from your tenses, from your sentences, from your vocabulary. Over here, we don't do this. Over here, everywhere they, they have things they don't do. Yeah, all the certain places. I mean, I mean, where I come from, when the um, the, the leaders in that country, they do something over there, you don't talk. Tony Blair's wife is pregnant. It's all over the people. We're all talking about it. We're all making fun of it. But where I come from, when someone's wife is pregnant, you also don't talk. Over there, everywhere you go, they have their culture. What you say and what you don't say. 
So over, everywhere has that thing. But you see, when you sometimes we are in a place that's like, over here we don't do this, over here we don't do that, over here we do things this way, we do things that things are different, we work, we... Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop because you see, we don't have forever. I don't know that you've ever asked yourself that question. How long is life? How long is life? I don't know that you've ever paused in life to ask yourself that question. That how long? How long is life? How long is life? How long is life? How long? How long? I still remember the days when I was dropped in school as a little boy. Today I dropped my child in school. But I dropped my child in school as I'm going away. I just asked myself, how long is life? What is this? I said, I said that life is moving too fast. So that I sit in my room and I, I say to myself, do I have control over life? I said, I feel it's moving too fast. Because I remember, I remember the days I was dropped and I was left. Today I'm also leaving somebody. Look at that. It's even more frightening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then she should tell me that she's in love. And I'll say, to whom to are you love to? <laughs> Hallelujah. Careful that your heart does not change. The fourth reason, I'm giving you seven. The fourth reason is that the chokers in life can multiply. The chokers multiply. When I say the chokers, in, li- in this life we have something we call chokers. Certain things that choke you, they prevent you from moving on. You see, many people don't respond immediately because they think that tomorrow I'll have more time. Tomorrow I'll have more time. I was just sharing in, in London this last Tuesday that I remember. I was just telling them something similar to that. I was just saying to them that I remember that when I was preparing for my O-levels, I remember my mother asked me, to weed a certain part of the house. <laughs> and I said to her that I'll do it after O levels. So she should be, I, said, I said to her, this thing is not necessary now. After O's, I'll have more time to do weeding. You know weeding. <laughs> so, with a cutlass. <laughs> Over there we weed. <laughs> you see, and I remember when I was saying that thing to her. I thought that after all levels, I'll be very free in life. Things will be easier. Life will be easier than me. Things will be different. So I'll do it after all. Then we finish all levels. No one finish all levels. Then the pressure of your results are coming. And then one, two, you want to, you know, you just want to relax more. You want to wait for your results more. Before I realized, we were packing our things, going for to sixth form. And the thing has not been done. So now, sixth form, then I said, no, 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 I'm preparing for ace. I don't have time to be weeding. And after ace, now we're going to university. After university, after university, she's not even seen me again to even ask me about weeding. <laughs> and life, you see, life is just increasing and increasing and increasing and activities are just coming more and more and more and more and more and more. You're having babies. Dedicating babies, weddings, 
<laughs> All of them are plants. <laughs> you see, many people have a certain mind that things will be more relaxed tomorrow. Things will be more relaxed next week. Things will be more relaxed next month. Oh, if I just, if I, if I let me just postpone this thing for a while. I have more time next year. Oh, by the year 2000, I think I'll be free. But I would have finished this. I would have married. I'm just trying to have my last child. After this child, I'll be free. When my child starts working, oh, in fact, I'll do the work of the ministry. It's when your child starts working, your child now has to start going to school. And other things are coming. You see, see, things are not getting better. We must try and combine both the pressures of life with the work of the ministry and just do it. We must do it and do it now. Hallelujah. So the chokers multiply, marriage, various things come into life. The next point is that sin can abort the core. Sin. Sin can abort the core. Someone is saying that, me, I'll never sin. You're talking like a child. God forbid you never sin. But I see certain things, you never know how they happen. You never know. You never know where it comes from. I mean, God help us, God protect us, God prevent all of us from sinning. And from sinning. But see, even, even that mind, even that mind of delaying the call and delaying moving into the ministry, itself is a backsliding, a backsliding mentality. It's a mind of moving away from what is right. And it's a form of sin in itself. Because the Bible says that he that knows what is right and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And that thing, see, that thing of moving away, trying to go away from the call itself, you can just, you can just try to just let the thing go. And then when you fall into actual sin, you lose your self-confidence. I mean, because, you see, when you don't follow the ministry, they say, there are two things. You are either doing this or you are doing that. People who are not active Christians, actively pursuing the ministry, they are actively pursuing other things. And that thing they are pursuing is does not promote righteousness. And so that before you realize, you are, in the, you are in the middle of something that you don't know where it came from. You don't know where it came from. You don't know where it's coming from. And then you say that no, you are giving up on yourself. This thing I can't do it anymore. This I don't. He said the reason why I'm, I'm is the reason I'm telling I'm saying this is because certain things again. I think I mean certain things. You don't know how it happens before you realize it's there. You are in the middle of it. You are in the midst of it, and it's more because you refuse to obey. I don't think Jonah planned to be in the belly of the whale. He didn't plan. He found himself there. Before he could say, hey, he was there. He was right there. He does not, he cannot, he will not be able to explain it to you. Bible says that he said that doing to lying vanities, I forsake my own mercy. Many of us, we have mercy and blessings in other things. But lying vanities, living abroad, driving certain cars, living in certain homes, it has made, we are just chasing these things, just chasing them, just chasing them. I mean, so they listen to Christians talk. They don't talk about souls. They don't talk about building God's house. 
They talk about driving better cars, living in certain homes, living in certain places, doing certain things. How they can save more. I mean, they talk, I mean, when you listen to Christians talk, sometimes you wonder, is this person a Christian? So you can ask yourself, is this person a Christian? So that we don't even say it, it's in our heart. Many of many, see, many people have even become professionals in fact, I mean, we know how to talk. The book of Isaiah he said, he said, in vain do they worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Some of us, some of us know how to say certain things. We have been around for a long time. We know how to say that. That's to make everybody happy. It's like to impress. But your heart is very far. Your heart. Your heart. And I'm speaking to your heart this evening. That responded me. Because that sin, that mistake, can just abort the core. The core can just drop out of your heart and drop out of your life. You see, you can deceive man. You can meet Pastor Richard and say all the jargons on loyalty, going deeper, talk all those things. It's your heart that matters. It's your heart. And many people talk with their lips. They talk with their mouth. But their hearts are far. Their heart is far. Very, very far. I've seen people, pastors, that I thought were real people, saying all the nice things you want to say. But when the time came, when it got to the crunch, when the time of testing came, you could see that their heart was not right. Their heart was very far from the things we heard them say. From the things we heard them say. From the things they, 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 said, they said to us that we should do. Their hearts were far. Another heart altogether. And when your heart is not right, you're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. And that heart alone will not make you go far in the ministry. Hallelujah. How many things do you have so far? Five. What's the first one, please? The night cometh when no What's the second one? What's the third? Your heart can change. What's the fourth? The chokers can multiply. Americans, the chokers can multiply. This land, it's, I mean, the chokers, they grow on their own. You don't need to encourage it to grow. It just grows. It just grows. It just grows. One of the things I hear that people say, this is America. In America this, in America that. And all those things, you know, it doesn't bring church growth. It doesn't bring church growth at all. You need to do things. Think in a way. Walk in a way. Later, we must decide to become different. We must decide not to, not to favor the system so much and follow a system and follow the things, the way things are done. We must decide that, listen, we are different. Let's do what is right. Let's do what the Bible says we should do. So we can fulfill and obey the will of God for our lives. What's the fifth thing? Sin aborts the call. And then the, the next one is that you can be swallowed by a whale. I mentioned Jonah earlier on, isn't it? Jonah was being sent and he didn't want to go. There are whales in life that can swallow you. There are whales in life that can swallow you. The one you are giving yourself time, oh, I'll do this later. I'll do this later. There's always a whale that's waiting for you. I'm sure Jonah maybe had plans. Let me go and do something. Let me go and do this for a while. I'll come back. She can be swallowed by a whale. The circumstances can swallow you up. 
Things can overtake you. Things can overtake you. I knew a young man some 10 years ago. If you asked me in those years what I thought about this boy, I said, this man must be a pastor. He should be a pastor. I believe that this boy should be a pastor. He loved the ministry. He loved, I used to pray with him the same thing. Saturday mornings, we used to do deliverance together. Deliver, we could do, we would find somebody on the campus who has some devil. We would take it, some undergrad, we would go and deliver. I used to stand by this boy. Oh! We used to do things together. Some way, somehow, recently, I was just asking about him. He's on another line. Another line that has nothing to do with ministry work. If I went, Bishop was launching his first 10 books. He came around and he was sitting next to me and, uh, with his wife. We're all in the same place. We were sitting next to him. We were chatting. I was looking at him. His wife was telling him that Mighty is a pastor. He's a pastor in London. He's a pastor. I was telling him, the husband, Mighty is a pastor in London. I said, oh yeah, yeah. He was also telling me what he was doing with his nice pot belly. I said, this boy has been swallowed. He has been swallowed. I mean, it's very pathetic. He has been so he has been overtaken by circumstances. I don't if I, I don't when I, I remember the things he used to say and things he used to do, I don't think, just based on those things, that this boy was planning to be where he is today. But maybe he delayed the thing. It's like let me do this for a while. Let me look for some money. Let me try and organize myself a bit, then I'll come into the mission. No, how we start? Let me work for a while so I'll bring money home. You can be overtaken. About a year or two years ago, a lady was talking to me about a lady who we also knew was talking to me on the phone. She asked me that, so where do I work now? I said, I work for Lighthouse. She said, no, 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 no. I mean, where do you work? I said, full time. Pastor. And she said to me, are you sure you've taken the right decision? I said, what are you saying? What are you saying to me? What, what, the, what, what else can you offer? What else can you offer? You see, and this is the voice of someone who is supposed to be a Christian. As I'm talking to you today, she's in the belly of a whale. We just have to find a way of putting our hands in the whale's mouth to take her out. You see, because a, a certain, you see, the mind has become in a certain way. To ask the question that someone serving, that someone has given his life to the ministry, you are asking him, is that the right thing to do? A Christian, a Christian. I can just say, I mean, how can you say things like, I mean, I mean, work. So I work for life, and say, no, 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 no. You mean work? Is this playing? Are we playing chess here? You work. First, you say, Jack Robinson, she's in the belly. We have to put our hands there, just scrape it out. <laughs> it should come. <laughs> the final point. Final point is that death takes away your opportunity. Death takes away your opportunity. That means that life is an opportunity. That means that life is temporary. You can die any time, any day. You can die. And when you die, you're not continuing anything anyway. This is all we have. 
A lot of young people know that, believe that they will not die. Yes, you will not die, but you can die. And it's better to die having done the will of God and having responded to his call. I thank God at this age I'm a preacher and nothing else. I'm, I'm so happy. In fact, when I think about myself, I just say to myself, God, you really had mercy on me. You've really, I feel, and I feel like God loves me more than certain people. <laughs> yeah, because like, why, why me? What have I done to deserve this? I feel like God, really, really, you really, I mean, you gave me that understanding. No, no, that understanding. Oh, and allowed me to come this far with you. Before I die, no, if I die today, at least. I died in the right business. I died. I died. I mean, I would have died a happy person. There's no regret. There's, I mean, what else can you offer me? Apart from what I have now. What else is there than God to say to you that draw closer. Draw closer. Come. Come. Ladies, rather, we giggle and we shiver. A lady was telling recently that when, when she sees a certain brother, she misses a heartbeat. <laughs> her heart is, you know, I said to myself, if God calls you, you must rather miss a heartbeat. You must rather say that something good is happening to you. But rather when the call of God is and when the work of mission, then we are moving back. They say later, God later. You don't know when death will come. Death, you don't know when it will come. And that thing, when it strikes, it's a permanent thing. You can't rewind and come back. Say, I'm rewinding my life to replay it again. No. Life is played once, so there's no uh, rewind. You can't do that. You just play this way, that's all. There's no rewind, fast forward, pause. You can't pause it. It's moving. As we are talking, your life is moving. My life is moving. Me too. Very soon I'll be fifty. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll be forty soon. <laughs> yeah. When death comes, it's over. Folks, my brothers and my sisters, let's respond and respond. Immediately. Let's respond immediately. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. God bless you. Thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give a lot of crap of you. Crap. <laughs>